We welcome you to the 2v1 Sportscast with your starting lineup, Clint, Hauser, and Josh. It's showtime. Welcome, everybody, to the 2v1 Sportscast. This is episode 18. And guys, college football season is over. And we have a new champion. We have a new champion that hasn't won in 41 years. Bulldogs did it. They both... Dang time. Go tag. He ain't a tag Yeah, for the longest time there during that game, I. I thought that we were going to have, you know, FCS go North Dakota State and then FBS go Alabama again. And I was like, we just need something new. So it was nice to see uh, Georgia finally pull a game out, pull this game out. And they had, you know, a lot of a lot of motivation to win this game, not only because they lost Alabama earlier this year, but they also lost the championship game a few years back to them as well. So let's get your guys' thoughts on the championship game. Um, I only watched like the last eight minutes of the game and you guys, I know you guys were both watching it. So let's start with you, Hauser. What were your thoughts on the championship game this year? Well, first off, it was amazing. And being on the East coast, it really sucks because I was up to like midnight and then I was on call that day. So I went in at like three to do a surgery but it was worth it. Totally worth it. Um, oh, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm only a fan because you're playing Alabama. But they, it was such a great game. Like, back and forth, very defensive. In the first half, even most of the second half, it was defensive. But there were still a few big key plays um, that really helped put Georgia over the top. That one turnover with the Georgia fumble and then the Alabama guys, luckily, like, catching it inbounds was, like, the craziest turn of events ever. But I'm glad Georgia, like, didn't let that stop them. And they came out and let Bennett just attack, which was needed. Um, Unfortunately, Williams on Alabama probably tore his ACL. And it was probably really nice that the top two wide receivers for Alabama was out. But, hey, it's football. There's 11 players on the team at playing at once. So, next man up mentality. Alabama should be good no matter what depth you're in. But, you know, good defense. It was great to see them win on a pick six. Still a game with a pick six. So, I don't know. I liked it. It was a really good game. But, what do you think, Josh? Props to the Georgia Bulldogs. I, I'm really happy for them. Uh, it's a moment where they finally got the monkey off their back uh, for the past. Um, since 2000, they haven't beat Alabama prior to this since 2007. Um, so it's been quite some time since Georgia beat Alabama. So... Alabama's already has always 
kind of beat down on Georgia. I mean, there's games where they've blown them out, close games, whatever you call it. Um, you just you, Alabama just has to tip their hat to Georgia because they just played a phenomenal game. Um, I agree that that fumble, accidental fumble, I'll call it, um, certainly didn't go Georgia's way, but. Georgia just kept having the mentality of we just got to keep pushing forward. Um, it, Georgia's defense was huge in this game. Um, this is where also Alabama didn't take some of the opportunities that they had um, to be able to go down and score and increase the lead. Um, you know, the field, the field goals um, – you know, basically that that's all it was for the first half was just mainly field goals. Um Alabama kicked three of them. So give prop in that regard to Georgia's defense because they kept them out of the red zone. Or not I shouldn't say out of the red zone, out of the end zone. Um to prevent I think a score. Alabama actually kicked four and missed one, didn't they? I can't I think remember they, to talk about it. I can feel like they blocked. Okay. Yeah, it was blocked. But I mean, um, like you mentioned, Josh, it's like for them to bend but not break really like help Georgia win because imagine they kicked one, two, three, four field goals. Imagine if two of those were touchdowns. That's, you know, eight more points potentially, which could have been, you know, huge in the long scheme. Yeah, Georgia won 33-18, but that's also due to like, the score at that time. I don't know. It it was really good defense for letting them, you know, a really good offense yeah. drive the field it, but not score. Because here's the thing with Alabama. Um, you know, when after they score touchdown after touchdown, it's almost slowly, slowly by quarter, each team that goes up against Alabama minus Texas A&M because they won, it's almost they got the life sucked out of them. And also minus Auburn because Auburn kept it close with Alabama too. But besides those two teams, every time Alabama would go and score, it's almost suffocating and they took the life and the energy out of the other team. So I was really happy to see the times that Alabama would get close to the end zone. It would almost kind of be anxiety because, um, I mean, we all, we were all room for Georgia and certainly Alabama has the weapons to get into the end zone. Um, certainly their two receivers that got hurt, uh, definitely was a factor, but again, next man up mentality, Alabama always has good players, whether they're starting or second stream, they always get studs. Um, and so it just, they just didn't show up to the occasion in the fourth quarter. So overall, um, you can go either way of it was more so Alabama losing in the fourth quarter, um, or Georgia just playing a great game. I'm just going to take the side of Georgia just played an amazing game. This is probably the best they could have played to beat Alabama, um, minus, um, you know, accidental fumble, but it ended up, you know, not being that big of a factor. Um, and so props to the Georgia Bulldogs. Again, amazing game. Certainly one of the best cultural playoff championship games um, that we've seen recently. Um, and so certainly I'm excited to see what next year brings for specifically these two teams. It was definitely a better game than either the first two playoff games. Uh, when Georgia went up eight, I was sit- just 
I was like, okay, you've given two minutes to the Heisman Trophy winner to go down and score and then get to an, an extra uh, two-point conversion to tie it. And, like, that's the one thing that Georgia did have on their side is, you know, if they did score a touchdown, they could get that stop and the game would they would still win. But if you've ever seen the great quarterbacks like Tom Brady and, and guys like him, they always, you know, Aaron Rodgers, those guys, they always make those plays down the stretch, you know, and score and, you know, end up helping some usually winning the game. And, and so that's what I was worried that was going to happen. And when they threw the interception, I was like, yes, you know, and uh, Kirby smarts over there, just yelling at his, the player that intercepted it to get down, get down. And he takes it all the way back to the end zone and just sealed the game right there. Um, the cool thing that I did, I didn't know was what they were talking about with Stetson Bennett after, you know, how he's from Georgia. And when he was a little kid, he said, I want to be a quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. And he comes and walks on and then goes to a junior college and then comes back and helps them win a national championship. And I think that's just, you know, a kind of a cool story. And especially when you have a five-star quarterback in JT Daniels that started the year, got hurt, and Bennett came in and just proved that he was the quarterback, you know. And that's pretty – especially for JT Daniels, he got to win a championship being the backup quarterback, and he's probably going to be a first, second-round, maybe third-round draft pick in the NFL this year, even though he barely played. So it's pretty good. that's pretty good for a quarterback that being a backup. I, I do have to admit one thing. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, post-game interview with Alabama with Nick Saban. And Anderson and Bryce Young, and how he just like took the moment and was like, "Hold on, everyone!" And like, it was like these two, one game doesn't define their careers. Like these two have done so much for this team already, and they're going to continue. Uh, that just sh- like shows to me like why Alabama is so good, because Nick Saban literally does have his players back, and he shows them that he does care. He seems like. I don't want to say heartless, but, like, emotionless. Like, every time they talk to him, every time you see him, like, in an interview, he seems very emotionless, but, like, it shows that he does express it. So uh, I'm curious to see how Alabama rebounds from this year. I mean, they're bringing back a lot of their their starters, and they're bringing back the Heisman winner, Bryce Young, and I don't know. I think Alabama, (laughs) Alabama has a very good chance of running it, running the tables and going back to the national championship this next year. Agreed. Even though we don't like to see it. <laughs> it's always nice to see new stuff once in a while. You know, I thought it was uh, last thing I'll say about the, the championship game. After that guy took the pick six back, it showed the fans and it showed all these Alabama fans crying. And I'm sitting here like you guys have been, you've won three of the last like six championships and you guys have seven and you've been to all but one of the playoffs since it began. It's like, you, you don't have much to cry about. Like I get it, but it's like they're, they're passionate enough of fans, but I'm like, if for example, I'm a big jazz fan. If the jazz had won like four or five championships in a row and they lost, I don't think I'd cry over it. You know? Cause it's like, that's the last thing I'll say. I mean, let's just be real. Alabama fans nowadays don't know what losing is, so it's just really hard for them. <laughs> yep. For sure. All right. Um, 
speaking of now that college football is over, let's take a look real quick at how Case L. Pickham's played out um, in the end. I don't know. Uh, we never agreed on anything for the winner, but, you know, we still might have to. Um, so I, just I won. You're just saying that because that's what you, you want something now, huh? <laughs> yeah. I do. But, hey, I'm not going to win any of the other two because I'm so far behind. So I think one of you – right now I think each of us are going to win one of them, I, I feel like, because Hauser's went leading the NBA. Josh is running away with the NFL. I, I don't know. So <laughs> uh, bowl games. I went nine and six in the bowl games. Hauser went eight and seven. Josh went seven and eight. And then our final records for KSL Pickham: I went fifty-five and thirty. Hauser went fifty and thirty-five, and Josh went forty-nine and thirty-six. So that was fun. We'll do it again next year for sure. Uh, and you guys had a chance to catch up with the bowl games, but you guys didn't. So. Um, We'll say one more thing about college football before we move on to the big weekend in the NFL. Uh, we didn't, men- we haven't mentioned this in the podcast yet, but uh, SUU football uh, fired their head coach and hired a new head coach, uh, Delane Fitzgerald, uh, about a month ago. And Josh sent us this earlier, but the schedule, SUU schedule release uh, for the first year in the WAC came out uh, today, and. It looks like a pretty good schedule. Uh, Josh, I'll start with you. What, what do you think about just the schedule in general? We don't know anything about the team and what the team's going to be like with the new coach and everything, but what do you think about the schedule? Uh, maybe give it to us and tell us what you think about it. I'm excited for it overall. Um, it's it's sort of like um, a new generation, I should say, or a new era. I'll, I'll say that, a new era specifically, because we're bringing a new coach, new staff, and now we're first year of being in a new conference, the WAC. Um, it's definitely an exciting time. Um, certainly a lot of hype to it. Uh, just kind of going down the schedule. Um, first game of the season, September 1st against St. Thomas. Um, then they travel up north to Salt Lake where they play the Utes again. Um, I'm certainly going to go to that game. Um, then after that, it's going to be at West Illinois. Um, then they start back home again, which the big homecoming game, which is very fitting local teams playing against each other. Now Utah tech, um, which for those of you who don't know, it's Dixie state, which they're, they're Dixie state until July 1st. Um, after that, they're going to be Utah tech. Um, so that's going to be an exciting homecoming because it's, we're going to get a lot of fan base from both sides at that stadium. So it's certainly going to be a special game. Then they go to Eastern Kentucky. Um, then they go back to the conference matchup with Tarleton State, Abilene Christian, Saint uh, Stephen F. Austin, Lamar, Sam Houston, Incarnate Word. So, um, I mean, just looking at the schedule overall, I mean, the big name out there is Sam Houston State, which they have a reputation of being in the FCS playoffs, almost close to the championship, if not in the championship game. So they have a history of being talented as well. Um, I mean, always a tough matchup when going up to Utah. Um, I mean, when the last time we went up, we came and played Utah. Um, I mean, people projected the score to be like 60, 70-something to like maybe three. Um, We held the Utes to about 30 points, so people were kind of surprised by how much we held them by. But 
But I mean, besides the point overall, um, excited overall uh, with the whack. Just I kind of briefly looked at this past year standings in the whack. I mean, mostly there's only six teams, but now there's going to be more. Um, with the with the top of the record, I mean, Sam Houston went undefeated in the conference. Then it went Stephen F. Austin four and one, Abilene Christian two and two, Tarleton two and three. Dixie didn't win and Lamar didn't win. So certainly, um, I mean, the tough matchups are going to be, of course, Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston. Um, I'm always a firm believer that very rarely do things click when either you bring a new coach, new players, whatever it is. Um, It's not going to click right off the bat. Do I think we're going to go undefeated or maybe – you know, lose one game. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's always going to be optimistic, but um, I just want to see how they play. I mean, the first few games, um, I mean, with the new coaching staff, I mean, it's always going to be an adjustment, especially with the current players that are still in that haven't transferred. Um, it's certainly going to be adjustment to a new system, but overall with what I've been reading about the assistant coaches and the head coach, Certainly some optimism there that each coach has a track record of being successful. Um, and so overall, I'm, I'm optimistic about it, uh, especially with the new coach and everything. But, um, I mean, there's going to be a few games that are going to be tough for sure. But overall, I'm just excited for it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, luckily I'm not there. But I think for maybe this year and maybe next SU will miss the big sky just to the fact that it's a has a better reputation. I feel like the big sky has more respect in the FCS just due to the power house um, teams there like Montana, Montana State, Eastern Washington, Weber. They've all been kind of big, big names that, you know, we had four, I think this year from the big side, make it to the, four or five make it to the um, college playoffs. Even Sacramento State was a surprise. So I I think it's a little hard for them to go out of there. We might see some shakeups. Maybe one day down the road we'll we'll see uh, Weaver State join the WAC in like a Utah Valley, you know, get one too. And <laughs> we can kind of put a bunch of Utah teams there, but – yeah, that would be awesome to have four teams from the same conference and the same, I mean, in the same state and the same conference. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think they're going to miss the rivalry between Weaver. I know I still hate Weaver because of SEU. Yeah. And, and I'm sure in the future, they'll probably try to schedule them every other year or something, but yeah. I'm sure they'll try at least. I think there's a good rivalry coming up between Utah Tech. I would call them Dixie State, but I know that's going to be very hard to get used to. <laughs> yeah, isn't like UTIT or something like that? I can't remember what the full acronym is, but oh no, they actually it's just Utah Tech. Oh really? They didn't go the whole yeah. Whole... They didn't go the whole crazy route, but yeah, it's just Utah Tech. Oh, that's good. Um, that would be fun. I think that's that's going to be like a big game. I don't see them beating Utah. Utah, 
Utah Utes are going to be really, really good next year. They're that would be the biggest upset, back. I think, ever in the state, honestly. Yeah, that'd be bizarre. Um, I really think beating UTech or Dixie State for homecoming will be kind of like a big like foundation go-getter for the new coach to come win at homecoming, kind of give people confidence in the team again, and hopefully rally the Cedar City or Southern Utah fans around them again, like the good old days. But I don't know. We'll see yeah, how they do. When we were there, we there they filled the stadium and everything, and then it was showing the home uh, the game against Weber State, and there's like ten fans there. Yeah. So what? Um, let me just ask you this: Do you think maybe, like, especially with that first game that gets Utah Tech at homecoming, do you think maybe? Being in a new conference, playing a team like Utah Tech, you know, you both went one and ten last year. A new coaching staff. Do you think that maybe brings new, more excitement and fans into that game, or do you think maybe it doesn't? Like maybe homecoming. Yeah, I mean, you always get people to come to homecoming. But it reminds me of, I mean, kind of different sport, but it reminds me of UVU and SUU for basketball. Um, I mean, when they first started playing, I don't briefly remember how packed it was but as it went on and 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 SG best ball but got better um definitely a lot more fans in the same not just you know including uvu's fans but a lot of SGU fans um and so i think deep down especially with the community a lot of community are probably going to show up to this game i mean even students as well but give it um Give it a few games each year, and as sort of the rivalry comes about, then it's going to be more of of like I'm not going to say it's exactly like Weber and SU, but atmospheric like that game. I I think it's all going to depend on how they play their first three games. I mean, they have one home. They have the very first one's a home game. The, I don't know if they'll get too many. And yeah, just to real quick, that first game against St. Thomas, I looked up St. Thomas because I had no idea who they were, and apparently they were a dominant Division Three team. That they said you can't be Division Three anymore because you're too dominant, and they went from Division Three and they jumped to Division One, and this is their first year in the Division One. So it'll be interesting for that game too. So that that'll be a good game. I mean, I I really think like. Yeah, if they play good games and they win one, possibly two, I'm going to count Utah as a loss already. Then I see them having a good outcome or a good, like, people coming and good community support at the homecoming. Yeah, you're you're still going to get your alumni that come every year, but I think you'll get more of the students and more of the fan base from the, the city itself. Yep, it'll be fun for sure, and we can talk about it more as it gets closer. Uh, but it'll be fun to see, and maybe in a few years, if they're good again, we'll all have to go down and support them again. <laughs> but, all right, let's move on uh, to, I think, uh, one of the best time. Uh, we always say the best time of year, but definitely a really fun time of year. Uh, the NFL playoffs start uh, this weekend. And the wild card round, there was a crazy week 18 that 
uh, shaped the 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 playoff games, and uh, we won't really talk about how these. We can talk about how some of these teams got in as we get there. We're going to go through the matchups, and we'll actually give our picks as we go here. Uh, and so let's just start right off the bat. The first wild card game Saturday afternoon: uh, the Raiders at the Bengals. And let's just have a discussion about this game and how it's going to go. Josh, I'll start with you. Um, my my first thought. I mean, props to the Raiders for getting in first and foremost, especially with the year they've had. So, certainly, from a t- from a player's perspective, if I was on the Raiders, um, certainly kind of after the situations have happened, certainly leaves a bitter taste in the mouth for sure. But they they. Come, they came together as a team, and they took the opportunity of being able to get into the playoffs the way they did. Um, so props to them, and certainly a team that um, is kind of on a hot, is kind of ended on a hot streak. Uh, is the Bengals um, from the beginning? A lot of you know analysts have kind of counted the Bengals out this year. Um, they said Joe Burrow is not going to come back the same after his injury. Um, however you want to throw at it. But again, kind of the same thing with the Raiders. They came together as a group and they rallied around, centered around Joe Burrow um, and the running back and Jamar Chase. Another thing I wanted to throw out as well is, especially during preseason, um, Jamar T- Chase was dropping a lot of footballs. People were saying he's he's going to be a bust. And then he came back and he showed the world that I'm a stud and certainly is going to be in the discussion. I think he'll be the rookie, uh, the rookie offensive player of the year without a doubt, um, certainly with his production. But as far as the matchups, I like Cincinnati in this case because of Joe Burrow, because of the running back, because of Jamar Chase. Um, their defense isn't bad as well. Um, the Raiders, I mean, yes, they have Derek Carr, um, but I mean, I just like the Bengals in this case. I think they'll go get over the hump. Um, they haven't won a playoff game in quite some time, um, but I think they can get over that hump. Um, and so with all that being said, I have Cincinnati winning in this one against the Raiders. Yeah, since 1991 was the last time they won a playoff game. And I sent you you and Hauser this earlier. I saw this thing that said, no one's ever sent a text about the Bengals winning a playoff game. Because the last playoff win was in 1991 for the Bengals, and the first text was sent, sent in 1992. So uh, it's been a while. It's, it's been a while since they've won a playoff game. They had the Andy Dalton years where they thought they were going to be, you know, have chances and everything. And uh I think going into this game, I think I think the Raiders have momentum coming in, and they actually jumped up to the five seed. I mean, if they had tied that game with the Chargers, then they would have had to uh, uh, go and play the Chiefs. So that probably was a good thing for them to win that game, because coming into this game, they might think they could actually win this game in, in Cincinnati. Uh, I think it'll be a good game, but like you said, Josh, I think I think uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are just going to be too much, you know? Uh, so, 
I, I, I agree. I think I've got the Bengals winning this one. Uh, me personally. Go ahead, Hauser. Oh, I was going to say, I actually had the opportunity to go see the Bengals play uh, last Sunday against the Browns. Um, luckily, the Browns won. They're cheering them on. That's because I'm in Cleveland. But uh, the Bengals have a really good defense that surprised me because there's not really many big names on their defense. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, with Joe Burrows playing the way he is, with um, Chase running the routes like he can, it he was good. We watched him in the first quarter, and he was putting those cornerbacks on ice. I, I think that the Bengals will finally get their first win in the playoffs. I don't know with their inexperience how far they'll make it, but I think they can beat the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are on a, a hot streak right now. They've won four of the last five. Um, but I, I do see the Bengals winning this game as well. Yeah, I think that uh, the Bengals win this game. Like Hauser said, I don't know how far they will go. But if they win this game and then the Bills and the Chiefs both win, then they'll be playing Tennessee. I'm not saying that Tennessee isn't scary or anything, but that could be a game that they could possibly do an upset. So, so we have a sweep there. We have... We all have Cincinnati winning. Uh, moving on to Saturday evening, um, a game that I'm sure the Bills were hoping to avoid so early in the playoffs. The Patriots have to come in the first round to play the Bills, and they had two pretty crazy games this year. Uh, the last, they played them earlier against the Bills there, and that was the game when... Uh, uh, Mac Jones only threw three passes, I think. I think that was that game. And so this is going to be a very interesting one, and I'll just go on to uh, let you do your two cents on this, Josh, first. Uh, you were laughing when I was talking about the Bills having to play the Pats in the first round. Because the Patriots have been the thorn on their side for years. Um, certainly it's a different case this year. I mean, no Tom Brady. Um the Bills, you know, won the division, which um, Hauser's prediction was right. I was wrong. I thought the Patriots would, uh, during their streak, I thought they'd squeeze in and win the division there. Um, but the four, the last four games, they've lost three of their four. Against the Colts, against the Bills, and against the Dolphins. Um, and so it's definitely a different feel this year. Um the Bills have an opportunity to kind of get the thorn off their side and um, beat the Patriots in this case. But at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't want to count out Belichick in this case, because even though we have Tom Brady, he's still a great coach and he's been in the playoffs before. And so he knows how to get his team ready for this game, this type of environment. Um, I mean, the Patriots are known to getting the top seeds, so they mostly have a home field advantage. So this is new for them. Um, honestly, this is a tough one for me. The Bills defense is great. Um, and also, um, with their offense, it's, you know, they started off great, kind of got in a slump and then they came back again. Um, and so, uh, it's a tough one mainly because of Bill Belichick. I mean, I don't never want to count him out. Um, and the two times that they played, they've, they've equaled out. I mean, the Bills won and the Patriots won. Um, 
And so I'm just going to throw, I'm just going to throw this in. Um, I think the experience helps. Josh Allen's great. Mac Jones is good, but it, the playoffs are just a different atmosphere than the college atmosphere and certainly the regular season. Um, not sure what we're going to get for him. I'm more confident in Josh, Josh Allen. So in that case, I have the Bills winning in this one, finally taking the thorn off their side and beating the Patriots. Yeah, I think, like I said before, the Bills really needed, they were trying to avoid uh, this matchup in the first round. And it looked like they were going to have to go four, four and five, and then Bills won that game against the Jets and, and everything. And they just needed the Patriots to beat the Dolphins, and then the Dolphins beat the Patriots. Uh, so it's always it's it's with the Patriots. I mean, they don't have Tom Brady anymore, and when they had Tom Brady, it was hard to vote against them, like you know, to go against them. But it's just like. Alabama, you know, Alabama and Nick Saban, it's always hard to choose against them, even though you don't want them to win. But I like the Bills. Um, I think they have a good chance to to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Hauser, I guaranteed it earlier this year. Uh, so we already, I, I mean, we're still getting your two cents on this, but I'm pretty sure I already know who Hauser's picking in this game. I think it's going to be a tough game. It's, it's supposed to be cold up there. It's, it's an evening game. Uh, it was windy last time. It's supposed to be cold this time. It, it, you know, that can affect the game. There's a chance of snow and all that. So it's it, it's going to be. I think it'll be a tough game, but I think the Bills are going to pull this one out. And like Josh, I get that thorn off their back. I mean, yeah i I have the Patriots winning this one. The Patriots. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought you accidentally said you're that. You're taking. You're taking back your guarantee now. No, heck no. I'm keeping with my guarantee. I think the Bing, I mean, the Patriots are a good team. Don't get me wrong. They have a great defense. Matt Jones is doing well under Bill Belichick. If they didn't have the severe weather they did in Buffalo when the Patriots played Buffalo, Buffalo would be 2-0 against the Patriots. I mean, the, I mean, they played again in New England, better weather, and they intercepted Mac Jones twice. Josh Allen had three touchdowns. He ran for a ton. Like, I, I mean, I think the loss the Bills had wasn't because they were playing, like, the, they got outplayed. I think they got outcoached. And that's just what happens with a very experienced coach. If it is better weather, not like 40-mile-hour gust winds where the ball's literally just like flying in the wind, you can't even kick a 30-yard field goal. I have – I think the Phils will easily beat the Patriots. And so, I, yeah, I have the Bills. I think they're making um, the Super Bowl this year. We have another sweep. Yeah, and I think to go off what Hauser was just saying, the Bills are on a, you know, they've, they had a rough thing, and it looked like they might not even make the playoffs for a second, and then it also looked like they were going to have a low seed. Then they won four in a row to finish off, and now they've got the three seed. And I think, you know, I've already said it, but I think the Bills are going to win as well. 
So now let's move on to uh, the Sunday morning game. Uh, Eagles at the Bucks, And uh, Hauser, I'll start with you on this, this time. Yeah, I am very surprised um, that the Eagles made it. I should just be honest. I'm very surprised that anyone from the NFC East, other than the divisional championship champion, won it. Because that's a very terrible division. But, hey, we had two teams from that have a winning season. I feel like Jalen Hurts is actually starting to become a leader on that team and taking over for that team. And that's going to help the Eagles in the future. It's not going to help them against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Tom Brady finally got... um, Mike Evans back. Uh, they still have Leonard Fournette. Now they have Le'Veon Bell. I really think, I mean, I shouldn't even think, I know that the Buccaneers are going to beat the Philly. They're going to win. They don't have Nick Foles. So they can't run that Philly special anymore. <laughs> um, so I have the Buccaneers winning this one pretty easily and moving on. Yeah, I'll. It's no really further discussion than that. It's Tom Brady and Tampa Bay against a decent Eagles team that barely squeezed in. So I have the Bucks winning. Yeah, this would be a shocker if the Eagles won this game. It would be a complete shock. Uh, I just Tom Brady always plays well against teams that beat him in the Super Bowl which are the Giants, the Eagles, and is that it? Giants and Eagles? That's it. Giants beat him twice, then the Eagles beat him once. So so the, the Eagles and the Giants, he always plays well against them. Uh, I mean, they're not always that good of a team, but uh, the Bucks have had some, you know, issues the last couple weeks, you know, with the whole Antonio Brown thing and and – I think they're going to come into the playoffs and just, you know, they're going to be, Tom Brady's going to go to playoff mode and they're going to win this game. Like I said before, it'd be a shock if the Eagles won. So I definitely have the Buccaneers winning this one. So then let's go to the Sunday afternoon game and we'll start with Josh on this one because this is his team that snuck into the playoffs. Uh, 49ers at the Cowboys. I like it when my my team surprise me and they prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, even though I picked the 49ers to win last week, um, certainly the situation that they were in, I was very less optimistic of them winning this game. Um, and they came back and they got in. <laughs> um Certainly the 49ers are a team that no one in the NFC wants to play um, because of how they're set up offensively and defensively. They rank both in the top 10 offensively and defensively um, in their categories. Um, And so they certainly are a dangerous team um, when they play up to it. And with the Cowboys, they got the luck of the draw playing my 49ers. And I'm optimistic with this game because it's the Dallas Cowboys. They're an accident waiting to happen. 
And from midway through the season to the end of the season, we've seen inconsistency um, from specifically Dak Prescott. Um, I mean, their defense is there um, <laughs> with their with their corner. We kind of laughed last week about we mentioned about Diggs. He either he gives up the most touchdowns, but he also has the most picks. Um, so he's either getting an interception or he loses the battle. Um, I like my foreigners in this matchup. Um, their corners are getting better. So I like to see the corners actually playing good. Um, the defensive line and the linebackers, they've always been stellar. Um, the one key I'll say for the deep for Dallas is stopping the run game and having a situation where they basically tell the 49ers, okay, beat us with Jimmy G. Um, when the 49ers are on their run game, they're hard to stop. And that's also the key for the 49ers is sticking to their run game with Debo, Mitchell, whoever is running the ball. I don't care whoever's running the ball. If it's Debo or Mitchell, run the ball, run it well. Um, And so with all that being said, I like my 49ers in this matchup um, being the Cowboys. I was, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised that the 49ers actually beat the Rams. I'll give them that. That was a pretty great game. I had the game on when I still watched my Seahawks um, play in their makeshift, play it like it's a Super Bowl game, just because it was the last game they'll play this season. Um, I mean, the 49ers got a break because they're playing the Cowboys, which I think is probably the weakest team out of the top four teams. But as I look back, I mean, Dallas always has its collapse. And I always say that, but it didn't have its collapse during the season. It, I mean, they went 12-5. Dak is playing pretty well and throwing the ball really well. I mean, Ezekiel, yeah, he has 1,000 yards, but I, I don't feel like he's been living up to the hype that we thought he would. Dallas's defense, man, that rookie Parsons is an animal. Um, and I think Dallas has probably a better offensive line than San Francisco. With that being said, I, I got to go with Dallas here. I, I do have an upset in the playoffs, and it's not this not this game. So I have Dallas beating San Francisco. I actually thought you were going the other way there for a second, Hauser, the way you've been talking all week about this game. Um, I have to agree, and I'm not doing it just because, you know, I don't like the 49ers. Uh, 49, like, they, they impressed me the other day, like, that they came back from 17 nothing. It looked like they were just didn't care, and the Saints were rolling to a win with, you know, after Taysom Hill got hurt. And I'm actually not super mad about that because I don't, I don't know if Taysom, with his injury, would have even been able to play in the playoffs. Uh, but... Uh, I think, like Jot Hauser said, the Cowboys didn't really have their collapse, and if they're going to, it's probably going to be in the playoffs. But I think Cowboys are going to win this game, and then they'll have to play Green Bay, and that's when they're going to have their collapse because Green Bay always beats the Cowboys in the playoffs. Um, So I do have the Cowboys winning as well. I think 49ers are going to give them a shot at it, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if they do, if this is where you know the upset happens. But I have the Cowboys winning as well. So let's move on to 
Sunday night, uh, Big Ben gets his chance, one last chance at the playoffs uh, because of some crazy Week 18 results. And But he has to go into Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So, Hauser, I'll start with you on this one. I don't know. You said you have an upset. There's only two left here. So, is this the one that you're you're choosing as your upset? Ah, uh, the Chiefs, man. They looked like they weren't going to make the playoffs, and then all of a sudden they become, again, the great team that they should be. It's not even a matter if it should be. Mahomes is still throwing. I mean, he threw 13 interceptions this year, which is quite a bit. He's not going to be in the MVP race. Um, neither are any of the running backs, neither really anyone on the Kansas City team. As I look back, I, Kansas City's good, and they're. I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes. He's always going to do well. But man, for them to play a Denver Bronco team that has um, Drew Locke leading them and keep it so close and they win by four points amazes me. And it took like a miracle for them to win too, so. Right. Right. They needed that. They needed that 86 yard fumble return <laughs> to like have to go ahead and win it. And yeah, that was a stop by their defense, but man, they ran all over them. I think Najee Harris is going to have a great game against them. I wasn't going to call this as the upset that I'm thinking because, you know, Steelers are playing pretty well. And it's Big Ben's, you know, I saw a thing earlier that said uh, Big Ben. Retirement. Big ben retirement party is hosted by Kansas City. <laughs> I mean, Kansas City did beat them a couple weeks ago pretty easily, 36 to 10. I can't. I was I was thinking I should do the upset here. I, I can't. I, I have the Chiefs winning this one. Yeah, it's certainly Mahomes is Mahome boy. He has he has that magic. Um but not so fast. I'm looking at this game more in depth and the Steelers have the, all the momentum in the world more than the Chiefs in this game. TJ Watt is an animal like no other. Um, I have him for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and, I mean, overall, the Steelers' defense is not terrible. Um, I mean, they have Mika Fitzpatrick as well. Um, and certainly after, I'm sure their head coach knows how to get him prepared. I mean, same with um, the with the Chiefs head coach, um, but I think overall the Steelers are going to take what they've been hearing about Ben's retirement party, and the coaches are going to get their players pissed off. And with the Chiefs, they've they've just not been the Chiefs of the past few years, and so. I'll take my gut and pick the upset here. I have the Steelers beating the Chiefs in this game. 
There's, there's the upset. Um, Hauser almost took it, and Josh decided to be the one. Uh, I, I will say I, I will not be surprised if Pittsburgh can somehow pull this miracle off. I mean, I I call a miracle because it's going to need to be a miracle. They're going to have a lot. They need to have a lot of things go their way against Kansas City. But it wouldn't surprise me just with kind of like Josh saying the momentum, kind of the last hurrah idea. But I don't know. I still have the Chiefs winning. Yeah, I think the Steelers could, you know, make it a game. And I I don't think – I think the Chiefs are going to lose a game in the playoffs and they're not going to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's this one. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think, even though he's had, you know, didn't have the greatest year, you know, doesn't have the greatest offensive line this year, you know, he threw a bunch of interceptions to start the year. I still think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the next Tom Brady that everyone's trying to beat. I don't know if he's going to win that many Super Bowls, but he's going to be the team that, the you know, beyond the him and the Chiefs are going to be the team that everyone is looking at to beat, like the Patriots were. And so that's one thing, too, is they're always going to have someone coming after them. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't want the Chiefs to go to the, uh, the Super Bowl this year again, just to have someone new in there. Uh, but I don't think this is where it's going to happen. So I do have the Chiefs winning on Sunday night. And then the final game, we actually get a Monday night playoff game. I don't know if that's normal. It doesn't seem no- It doesn't seem like that's usually what they do. First, so First one ever. Oh, first one ever. There you go. First one and ever. So that, that'll be exciting. And it's going to be between a kind of a surprise game that no one thought was going to happen. And it's the Cardinals. At the Rams, the Rams dropped from the two seed all the way down to the four seed. Could have been the five seed if the Cardinals had won uh, their game against the against Hauser Seahawks, but they did not win. So this, I, I would. There's only one game left, so this must be the game Hauser was planning on picking the upset. Yeah, I, I think this is the upset, and I think. I mean, it's an upset because the Rams are favored. That's the only reason why it's really the upset. Other than that, I think the Arizona Cardinals have a better team. Uh, J.J. Watt is maybe possibly going to be back, which would be beneficial. I just think overall with Kyler Murray having some experience playing in the playoffs, you can see that Stafford under the pressure – kind of crumbles, and that's what he did against the the 49ers. He now has to play better, a better um, defensive backs than the 49ers in a higher stake game. There's no, like, lose and keep, continue. It's lose and go home now. And so I think he just doesn't have what it takes to win playoff games, unfortunately. I, I feel like he's a good quarterback. He's been sorry. He's been playing. He's played for the Lions, and did he even make a playoff appearance with the Lions ever? Yeah, they maybe never one. Won. Yeah, they yeah never so won. they went to a few and never won. Yeah, so he doesn't have that much experience either playing against good teams in the playoffs. Right, and when he does, they lose. So it, it's kind of just like uh, I need them to prove me wrong before I'm gonna 
think they can win it. They have a good team, yes, but I think Arizona has a better complete team. Um, so I have Arizona actually winning this game. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, I just looked it up because I wasn't sure what their season record was. So they went one and one against each other. They each won at home. Uh, so I think. I was just looking at. Oh, they they won each one on the road. Sorry, so backwards. So they each won on the road, and both of these teams have been kind of like had highs and lows this year. Hauser talked about how Arizona was going to have their fall, their you know their fallout, which they did. They went four and six in their last ten games after starting seven and zero. They lost DeAndre Hopkins. They lost JJ Watt. Uh, I don't believe Hopkins is going to be back. Not not definitely not for this game, but even in the playoffs, they they talked about possible, but probably not. So I think this is going to be it's going to be a good game, and the Rams probably have a lot of motivation to win this game because of losing to 49ers and dropping down. And you know you win this game and. Uh, unless let's see, I think if they win this game, I was wrong. I was talking about the Cowboys playing 49ers. If I thought they were the four seed, so I got lost there. But the Rams would be playing the forty nine uh, would be playing the Packers. So unless something crazy happens, the winner of this probably plays the Packers in Green Bay. Unless something crazy happens uh, in the NFC in the other games, but I think. I think it's going to be a good game, but I agree with Hauser. I don't think that Stafford has what it takes. You know, Kyler Murray is, I think, a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. And I also do not like any teams in L.A., so I am choosing. And the Cardinals were my my one, the team that I was cheering for before the, you know, Zach Wilson went to the Jets. And so, and they're my, my bandwagon team. And so I'm cheering for the Cardinals to win this game. And I'm choosing them to win this game. Yeah, I mean, my thing is um, the big thing is Matthew Stafford. That's the key factor in this game. That's going to make the difference. And I just can't seem to trust him. Um, I mean, they were on the roll from the beginning, and then it's hit or miss. Overall, um, with J.J. potentially coming back, they're hoping that he can practice tomorrow. From that point, he'll be able to play. if I'm going to be picking the Rams, they got to prove me wrong first. And they're just not giving me enough promise in this case. So um, I think Arizona has the more energetic team. With Odell being a part of the Rams, it really hasn't helped Matthew Stafford in that case because Matthew Stafford would try to go long and it's either picked or somehow Odell gets it. And so, but besides the point, um, I have Arizona winning in this one. All right, that's our picks for the wild card weekend. It's going to be an awesome weekend, and there's a couple upset picks there, and maybe we'll have some upsets that we didn't pick. Uh, it's always crazy in the NFL. We saw what happened in Week 18 with the, you know Jags beating the Colts, knocking them out of the playoffs, and everything that happened. So it'll be an interesting weekend, and obviously next week we'll talk about uh, how those games went and talk about the the next round. So uh, real quick here, we're going to move on to the NBA real quick and talk just about a couple things uh, before we do our picks. First off, and I'll ask Hauser this, our Jazz are struggling, and they're about to lose their fourth game in a row. 
Uh, they're down by 20 in the fourth quarter right now. So is it time to start wor- worrying about the Jazz? The Jazz need to make any changes like with the roster? I know we've got people in protocol, and obviously tonight we didn't have any uh, centers playing. But what do you think? Is it time to start worrying about them, or is you know this a great time for something like this to happen to a team like this midway through instead of in the playoffs? I mean, I think the only thing the Jazz need to worry about is being healthy. Um, it. I don't think they need to worry. I don't think they need to freak out. Every team goes through their moments where they lose a few games and have those uh, skids. And, I mean, today is a good example. They're losing to the Cavs, and they're getting beat pretty easily. The Cavs have seven, three seven-footers starting. I think the tallest player on our team is like 6'10", maybe 6'11", maybe with bogey. So we we really don't have, like, we just need to get healthy and maintain that health. And I think once we do that, we're going to be okay. Rudy's going to come back. Saul Whiteside, Rudy Gay, all those players are crucial. It kind of shows how important they really are for the team. So. Yeah, I feel like it, with uh, Gobert being out in the COVID protocols this last week has really shown that our other like how big how big he is. Yeah, obviously the other players need to step up and play better defense, but it also shows that how big of a defensive player he is. Um, but I like what he said after the last game after we blew the the, the lead to Detroit. He gets you know uh, a few years ago he says we'll be fine. And the Jazz were fine after that. He he tweeted the other night, we'll be all right. So I feel like, you know, Gobert should be back by the Denver game on Sunday. And we've got a, we've got a crucial stretch coming up, too. Having lost four games in a row, you know, we play uh, Sunday night, we play at Denver. Uh, then Monday night, the next night, we play at the Lakers. You know, and then we have a cut, you know, Couple easy games should be easy versus the Rockets and the and Detroit again. But then we have we're at the Warriors, we're at the Suns, we're versus the Suns, you know. So it's a and then uh, at the Grizzlies. So we've got a pretty crazy schedule coming up. And I think if we can get healthy, we could possibly play well in those games and maybe get those games back that we lost that we shouldn't have lost. But it's it's a it's kind of it, it's kind of a hard time to be uh, losing games like that. You know, I feel Josh has been teasing us this week. It feels like the you feel like you're uh, my Lakers now, and I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. Like I was giving Josh a hard time, like that we don't blow leads to really bad teams, and then we did it. And I was like, I had to apologize to Josh, be like, sorry. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the Jazz can do this. That can pull a Lakers too. So I, I'm not too worried. I think we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, but it's just, it's kind of sad when you lose those kind of games and, but we're not healthy right now. And that's, you know, we were the only team that didn't have anyone that got COVID and then all of a sudden it hit and it's just kind of going through the team right now. So we'll see. We'll see. Josh, you, you're about to say something. Uh, I was, I'll say, I'll say Josh, something. Hold on. Like, before you start, answer me this. Is it really a good thing to use your own personal team as a, a negative um, term like oh you're pulling the Laker that's not a good thing right now so I mean yeah because I know my team's that. not it's great not the biggest insult right now 
Yeah, because I know my team's not that great, and so I have I have all the right to do that and tease you guys for it. Um, he also knows that when he talks bad about his team, they play good. When he has no faith in them, they play good. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I'll just keep it at that. But um, I'll actually be nice to your Jazz. Um, I don't certainly think it's panic time. If you guys would have been all healthy and lost these games and raised a concern, I probably would have would have questioned some things. Um, I mean, the one game out of these stretches that is kind of a head scratcher was Detroit, where you guys had that lead and basically laid an egg. But I mean, it also doesn't help that Detroit shot 50% from three. You play a team that's going to shoot that, it's going to be hard to come win that game. But it'll be only a concern if your team would have been fully healthy. Um, That's my only thing for it. I mean, I'll give you guys the benefit of the doubt. You don't have Rudy, which I think helps in a lot of cases with pick and roll. Um, scheme of things, whatever you call it. Um, Rudy and Hassan you, uh, helps you guys a lot in that case. And so I certainly don't think it's panic time for you guys. Yeah, and I think we just need to get healthy because we have a stretch of games, you know, like that stretch of games with Denver and Lakers and then Warriors, Suns, Suns, Grizzlies, you know, that that's a, quite the stretch. And if we can be healthy, you know, um Speaking of the Grizzlies, uh, they're with this loss tonight from the Jazz. The Grizzlies are going to jump into the three seed over the Jazz, and they're on a ten-game win streak. They beat the Warriors last night, uh, and then they, they, they've just looked really good. And Josh sent a thing earlier today that was like, uh, "I think they can contend for a title." And I, I said, "I don't know if they're that good, but like maybe they are." Like John Morant is starting to become a star. And uh, Dallas is also on a big win streak, and they're in the five seed. They're on a six-game win streak, and Memphis and Dallas play uh, in a couple nights. So one of those streaks is going to come to an end. But what do you guys think about Memphis's streak and, like, what, you know, looking forward? We've talked about how it's going to be Jazz, Warriors, Phoenix in the top three. But if the Jazz keep their struggles, you know, Memphis could be right there in that three seed at the end of the year. Well, we've always talked about this. It's the three teams in the West, the Jazz, the Warriors, and the Suns. And now the Grizzlies are in the picture um, because who's ever in the four, who's ever in the four spot has about five, six games ahead. Um, and I think Memphis is a team that's like going back to the NFL. No one wants to play the 49ers right now in the playoffs. If the playoffs start right now, the Grizzlies are the team that I would want to play against because of their momentum. and. Also, um, John Morant improved tremendously from last year. Um, And some of these teams that they played against during the streak have been legit teams. You have the Suns, you have the Nets, even when they had Durant and Harden. Um, You had, they they beat the Warriors with Clay. Um, Heck, I'll even throw in my Lakers since they had a miraculous four-game winning streak. Um, the Grizzlies kind of came that came to stop with that. But besides that, um, the teams that they played against that they've during the streak have been legit. Um, and so certainly I think if they keep this momentum, cause I think the big test is going to be this next few weeks because they're, they're going to 
Um, they're going to be playing Minnesota, Dallas, Chicago, Milwaukee, Denver, um, the Mavs again, the Jazz. Um, so these next few weeks are going to kind of be in the same boat. Um, so I certainly want to keep my eyes on Memphis. And if I was um, the team in the Western Conference, um, certainly be intimidating to play against them. I mean, as a playoff starter now, I would agree with both of you guys. But they don't. It's a streak. That's why they call it streaks. There's always going to be an end to the streak. I think they're playing well. Do I think John Morant just tremendously got better from last year? No, he was still great last year. Is he improving? Yes, that's just what players do. But John Morant was still really, really, really good last year. I feel like the supporting cast is getting better around him, and he's starting to utilize that better. I I think Memphis is in a good place right now, but there's there's games they still have to win. Yeah, they've beaten some good teams now, but it's still playoffs. And with COVID, it's really hard to judge because no one's really fully healthy. Um, I think for the, I think they'll be top four. And they might be in the mix. We'll see how what happens. I think for Utah, they need to beat Memphis in this next game because that might be the the deciding factor between the tiebreakers for everyone. But I don't, I'm not scared of Memphis. Neither would if I was in the NFL, I'd be scared of the 49ers. They had an impressive win, but they're not like the scary team. I'm a little bit more scared of like. Green Bay or Tampa Bay, <laughs> like, not the 49ers, no offense. All Josh. the Bays, except All for San bays. Francisco Bay. Yeah. The hey. <laughs> but then in the NBA, you are scared of the team in the San Francisco Bay. At least right. I am. <laughs> I think everyone Especially with be. Clay Thompson back. Yeah, and everyone should be scared of the Yeah, they lost to Memphis with Clay back, but. He hasn't played a game for almost two seasons now, so give the guy a break. Like it takes time, it takes adjustment. He'll get there. He's getting there. But I don't know. I I I not as scared of Memphis as of now. Talk to me in a couple of months. We'll see where they're at, and we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, I think they're definitely an up upcoming team and I think they're going to be I think they're going to be right there in the Western Conference for years to come with John Morant and you know I think there's going to be players that want to go and play in Memphis to play with him you know especially if they're having success uh they did just lose Dylan Brooks for a while and so that could be uh something that hinders them a little uh Hauser's giving a look over there because he does not like Dylan Brooks uh but (laughs) Go ahead. I know no, you want to say something also, about that. He's also he's also on my fantasy basketball team. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, right? Yeah. So I'm fantasy like fantasies fantasies very hard this year with COVID and all that stuff. Uh, except for Hauser, Hauser gets all the breaks in the world. So, um, I have I have like eight players out with COVID right now. So, and you're still beating me by like 200 or something. So. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know how. I haven't how. looked today, but <laughs> uh, but I think I think Memphis, you know, has a chance, you know, to to be. I think they will be top four. I think um, as long as the Jazz figure things out and don't just plummet, I don't think they will. I think you know it's just a, a tough moment for the Jazz, and they've got all these players out. And I think once Gobert's back. And the problem is, is, you know, the Jazz are starting to have COVID run through the team. You know, the, you know, Conley, Donovan, all these guys, they haven't got it yet and they could. You know, that's, that's the, the scary thing, you know, is that going into these, all these big games that Jazz have coming up, they could have nobody playing, you know. And the, we saw what happened last time. We had no of the rotations players playing in Toronto. That's the only game out of the last four games that we really almost won uh, besides the Detroit game. Uh, so it'll be it'll be very interesting uh, to see how everything plays out uh, up to the All Star break and up to the playoffs uh, in the NBA. So let's go through our pickums uh, this week. Uh, I'll give you a quick record. Uh, Hauser is still dominating. He's still the NBA expert uh, at thirty nine and twenty one. I'm at thirty three and twenty seven, and Josh is at thirty two and twenty eight. Uh, let's start off with uh, game tomorrow night. Uh, the Warriors at the Bucks. Uh, Hauser, let's get you start us off here. Uh, this is always a hard one. You know, with everyone playing, with you know, Golden State having Clay back and that kind of that momentum. Yeah, they did lose to Memphis the other day, but I have. The Warriors beating the Bucks. Yeah, I, Steph is Steph. I mean, Giannis is Giannis as well. But um, I have the Warriors in this matchup. I'm actually going to go against both of you here. Uh, I the Warriors did just lose to the Grizzlies, and they probably are going to come up with some a lot of momentum. And the Bucks haven't been playing. Great, great recently, but they've also had some COVID issues, and I think I think both of these teams are pretty healthy right now. So it's going to be a good game. I think Giannis is going to go off. Steph is going to go off. We're going to see, you know, a possible. I don't think you know. I don't think the Bucks are going back to the finals, but you never know. You know, a possible finals matchup. Uh, but it's at the Bucks, and I'm I'm just going to go with the up. I don't know if you call it an upset, but I'm going to go uh, against you guys and choose the Bucks in this game. And then the next one, um, Friday night, I already mentioned this game, Mavs at the Grizzlies. Josh, who do you got in this one? I got the Grizzlies in this one. Um, I think they'll still ride the momentum, and they'll continue out against the the Mavs. You know, I actually think the the Mavericks are going to win. Yeah, they just lost to the Knicks pretty bad, but Luka's back. He's going to start playing well. They'll probably have Porzingis at that time, hopefully. Yeah, I have the I have Mavericks winning. Oh, big upset. And I, I didn't know that the Mavs ended their streak tonight, but uh, I, I think the Grizzlies just have too much momentum right now, and... Uh, I mean, it's going to be drama out versus uh, Luka Doncic, so it should be another star-studded game. But I, I have the Grizzlies winning. Uh, 
So another 2v1 there. Uh, the next matchup we have is the 76ers at the Heat. Hauser? Uh, I, I mean, the 76ers are playing well. I just saw recently they're trying to get now rid of Tobias Harris. Uh, try to sweeten out the deal to get rid of Ben Simmons because he's just kind of a stump, dead spot in their roster. Uh, I mean, 76ers just lost to Charlotte not too long ago. They're playing okay. The Heat are doing well. Uh, I'm going to go with the Heat. I, I, I mean, they, do, they don't have Jimmy Butler right now, but I think the Heat are doing... Good things this year, and I think they'll they'll be a good team to play in the playoffs. So, the Heat. I got the Heat as well. I think um, the Heat overall just have a better team. Um, so I have the Heat winning. Yeah, I have to agree with you both. I mean, I don't like the Seventy Sixers, so there's that too. But doesn't mean I'm going to choose against them every uh, choose against them every time. But I just think, you know, this is at Miami, uh, even though they don't have Jimmy Butler. 76ers have played pretty well for all the drama that's been going on in Philadelphia this year. But I I still think the Heat uh, will win this game. Uh, next matchup we have is Monday n- night. Uh, the, the big one uh, for the three of us. Jazz at the Lakers. Uh Josh, I'll start with you. Just to make this interesting, I'll pick the Lakers. <laughs> Enough said there, Josh. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I, I don't know. I don't know who to choose. I, I think the Jazz are a better team, and they're playing better than the, the Lakers. But are they going to have anyone back by the time Monday comes around? That that's a, that's the problem. That I mean, has. Gobert should be Gobert. They said Gobert should be clearing protocols tomorrow. So okay, so they'll have at least one center. But they also are playing Denver in Denver the night before. So there's also that. Right, I know we're we're trying to cripple the Jazz as much as possible before they play the Lakers. <laughs> I I mean the Jazz for some reason, always have Lakers numbers, even when the Jazz were, like, terrible and the Lakers were just godly with Kobe Bryant, we still somehow would beat them. And Josh laughs because he knows it's true. I mean, we'd beat them, but it doesn't mean we'd, like, make playoffs. Uh, we play him twice. I think the Jazz will they'll, they'll win this one. I think the Jazz will win, him, win this one. So I have the Jazz. I'm like Hauser. I don't know. Uh, I know the Clint curse is already broken, and something's cursing the Jazz right now, and it's not me. Uh, but at least I don't think it is, and I hope it's not. Uh, <laughs> um, this is just tough, especially since they're playing the night before in Denver. We don't know. You know, more Jazz players could be in cover protocol by then. We don't know. We That's just that hard thing about picking this year is you just don't see healthy teams always playing each other. Uh, I think, I don't know, it's going to be tough because the Jazz, Sunday night, that's their next game. They're going to be trying to end their streak against the team, the, the last team they beat in Denver. 
if the Jazz lose that game, I think they have more motivation to win this one because they're on a five-game losing streak at that point. But I just think there's too much stuff going on with the Jazz right now, and the Lakers have been playing better. And I hate to choose against my Jazz against the Lakers, but I'm going to for the sake of my record that's not very good anyways. I'm choosing the Lakers. So only because of all those factors. It doesn't have anything to do with I don't have faith in my Jazz. I promise. Thank, thank you, Clint. Maybe the curse can still be happening for this game. Yeah, and I, I'm okay with that. If, if the Clint curse helps the Jazz win this one, I'm okay with that. Uh, so there we go. The final one uh, is also Monday night. We've got Nets at the Cavaliers. And since Hauser is in Cleveland, uh, we'll start with this one. Him with this one. I mean, the Nets are good. They'll have Kyrie when they come here because it's here. The Cavs are doing well. Um, I really like the Cavaliers. I like how they're playing this year. I'm a big fan. Um, I I think they still have a little inexperience. But I think they can beat the Nets here. Um, so I have the Cavs winning this one. Um, this one's actually a little tough, um, maybe because how good the Cavs can be, um, but also the Nets could have their moments as well. Um, I mean, Durant is always going to be Durant. He's going to be, I don't care who you are with Harden and Kyrie, the Nets are Durant's team. And a big factor for the Nets winning um, in some cases is going to be typically how well Harden plays. And if Kyrie plays, how well he plays as well. Um, And I mean, I'm just not, I'm just not sure with how in, with how consistent sometimes the Nets can be. Um, It's just hard to pick him right now. So I'll pull out a win and say the Cavs will win. I I was going to choose the Cavs, but I don't know if I can follow both of you in this. Uh, I mean, Irving, you know, hasn't shown a whole lot since he came back, but this is a road game, so Irving will be playing, like Hauser said, in this game. And Brooklyn's currently beating Chicago on the road. Uh only by, you know, 2.69 to 67. But uh, I was going to choose the Cavs, but I, I, I was banking on Josh choosing the Nets. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm already not doing well in this, so maybe this can help me. But I, I think it's going to be a good game, and the Cavs have been playing a lot better. And, and uh, thankful, thankfully for Hauser, you know, being over there, he gets to have – be watching a, a team that's not been good all of a sudden, you know, playing good this year. And uh, the loss of Rubio really hurts that team, I think. Uh, I think he was a big, you know, time leader and everything on that team. But the Cavs are going to make the playoffs. Um, I don't think they'll have a downfall where they won't make the playoffs. And uh, they're a good young team, but I think the Nets are going to come in and win this game. So, all right, guys, that's that's all we have time for. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend 
in, you know, the NFL and the NBA. That those are the two sports we're down to now uh, with college football gone and done for until until August and September. So it uh, should be a good weekend uh, in the NFL, and we'll talk about uh, next week about how that went and talk about the the next round. And so, but we thank you guys for joining us, and hopefully you guys all have a good week, and we will talk to you all next week. Let's go. Good dogs. Good dogs. Thank mm-hmm. you.